welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Welcome back to Oops. The House of Always. We're talking about 31... Through 36. Many sad boys, girls, and... I don't think we have any non-barry people in these chapters, but... Uh, yeah, lots of, sad, lots of sad folks doing their sad folk things. Okay. But also, but also I forgot a character's lots name of happy things. Uh, from Memory of Souls. What's the name of the of the queen that was Tarendel's wife? Oh, God. Oh, it's no. something like Miane. The harp? Yeah, the harp. Oh, Valathea? Yes. Yeah. Sh- oh, okay. Shaloran in this book is the Tyanso Ninevis <laughs> Valathea of this book. Cool older lady? Yes. Except she she's like 20. Is. Or just like the standout female character that really is like the MVP of the book. Like, and, and like tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. Like, she sits calm down and she's like, you're a fucking idiot. The emotional guardian. Yeah, she like breaks through all of his excuses and also defenses and like really is like, oh, I see you for who you are and why you're doing this. And I'm telling you that you don't have to do this. But before that, um, we get this flashback as they're all sleeping of Rainbow Lake where a dragon attacks Gorkai, uh the Vashai it's priest. Up. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, Cone wakes up and he wants to go help and Onlear basically stops him and ties him up. And, you know, they're having a conversation and it's about Cone's, you know, whether he's into Galen or Shalorn or or what is the whole situation. And uh, Onlair kind of like, it changes very quickly from Onlair sort of flirting slash trying to get, th- like, f- figure out who Cone is into to him being like, when Cohen does his usual "oh, I can't, that can't happen" kind of situation, Onlair quickly changes to like "good," and uh, Cohen is taken <laughs> aback, and Onlair is like, "You know, you can't, you know, be with either of them, right? Like you and them are on two different, uh, you're two different groups of people," and and I'm wondering. Because we find out later on in these chapters that Onlier, I think it's actually just this chapter, uh, Onlier has been working for Relos Far. What do you think Onlier's motivation is for this, for basically telling Cone, oh, you're not good enough for Galen and Shalorn, you know, they're high lords, they're nobles, and you're Cone. Is this a way to keep cone down in order to keep him on Relisvar's side 
Is this like a Relos Far so. situation or an Onlayer situation? I yeah, I mean, I think it's like you know, if if Quan learns the power of self respect, he might <laughs> uh, you know stand up for himself now and then. And Relos Far is not into that. Yeah. Plus, you can't have someone whose obedience is based on insecurity. You you can't change that mid like skulking around. Your spy needs to be your consistent spy, I guess. And there's another moment in these, uh, in this chapter specifically, where uh, after they've all woken up, and you know, Cone's in the kitchen tied up, and Onlier explains the situation. Galen is like, "Good, don't be like my brother Kieran. Nobody likes a hero." And then. Uh, Cohen points out, you know, wait, in fact, everybody does like a hero. <laughs> and Galen's like, no, people like telling stories about heroes. They don't actually like them. And uh, I was wondering what you guys thought of this little discussion, because in my, in my opinion, like he's trying to use it. He has a point, but I feel like Kieran is a bad example just based on all the people that are in the room in the lighthouse are there because of Kieran and his stupid heroics. Yeah, honestly. Well, they're also there in the lighthouse because they love him. Like, you know, he did something that might or might not have been dumb, but also that might or might not have been for the right reasons. And, you know, that's a very, it's it's very rich coming from Galen, right? Yeah. Like, Galen's trying to save everyone in the capital city from slavery, from non-consenting sexual relationships of other kinds. Like, Galen is a giant hero and also a whiny baby about this. Like, shut up, yeah. Galen. But he's, he's also, he's not trying to be a hero, and I think that's, like, maybe the difference for him is, like, he's not getting out there and being like, I hear, I'm here to save you. And I yeah. think, like, part of that is probably wrapped up in, like, he still feels betrayed by Kieran. Like, he only just learned mm -hmm. that, like, Kieran really cares for him. So I think in his mind, he's like, Kieran ran off and left me with Darzan to go play the hero somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's so, a good point. you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we discussed that last time, because he still refers to Kieran leaving as running away. And I think the idea in his head is that Kieran ran away from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a very broken boy. I think that's a really good point. I think it, I think it also makes him just as insecure as Cone in his own way. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I don't, I refuse the mantle of a hero, even though I'm doing very heroic things. And because I don't feel worthy of it. Like, he's always talking about what a good dude Jareth is. Um, but he's a pretty good guy. Especially by Kuro's standards, where the only thing you need to be a good guy is to <laughs> not actively murder people often. Yeah. Like, not even, not at all. Yeah. Just often. Just, like, less. Bringing up Jareth is a good point, because Jareth also acts the hero 
and now he's mm-hmm. dead. So, and yeah, this could also be a yeah. mourning yeah. reaction. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, like all my hero friends are dead. You know what? I have to keep in mind with this book that is very strange. With the, even though they're eventually they meet up, like they intersect. Talia and Javon's chapters are post Memory of Souls, while Cone and uh, Galen and Shalorin's chapters are post Name of All Things. Yeah. And the only and the difference between the times is only thirty days. I know, like yeah, yeah they catch up with each other really quickly. <laughs> like yeah, that, Javon. That footnote was mean. <laughs> Like, yep, 30 days. Thanks, Henry. Yeah, like, yeah, Javon gets to where the Vishai Temple was, and yeah, she's only like a month behind them Mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. Because. That was another rough chapter. Sorry. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the secondary trio, as I call them, meets up with, uh, Relosvar at. Uh, the v- destroyed Vashai temple uh, where Gorkai has destroyed it and the the Rolamar situation that happened in Memory of Souls has just happened and uh, is, it, is it Rolamar that's technically Relisvar's son? I yeah. believe so. It's, yeah, her, yeah. His entire son? Think. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, because Cone sees him and his like eyes are bloodshot, and he has like a thought of like, oh, uh, has he been crying? And I'm yeah, like, and it's like, has he? I know it's like the yeah, only yeah. time we ever see any kind of emotional vulnerability from Relis Bar, and I forgot about. It. I was like, what the fuck has happened? Yeah, and I'm like, is it because of Rolamar? Yeah, I I think it is, and I think it's um. In keeping with uh, the fact that he was also pretty vulnerable about Sandus. Yeah, true. I do love that Galen uh, sees through Relosvar's deals right away, simply based on the fact that he knows that Darzan worked with Relosvar. So by association, he knows not to trust him. Yeah, that's a, honestly, a, a, that's a solid metric for your life. It's like, did this person work with Darzan at all? They're no good. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Because even Janelle, yeah. in the name of all things, makes a deal with Ralasfar. And there's other... Yeah. She has less of a choice. Right. It just feels like a big... Uh, it feels like Galen is making a choice here that... Maybe some of the other characters, even like we even get Javon makes a deal with Relosvar. Mm-hmm. It's just I feel like it's a you know a good sign for, for Galen that he's able to resist uh, these kind of deals where other people haven't. Yeah. Javon thinks that she's still in the game, uh, and it's smart of Galen not to play. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's fair. Because, like, things have moved very far beyond Javon. 
Like, at this point, she's still paying other people to open gates for her. Right. And as Cone, <laughs> Cone notes, every single one of his friends can open them by themselves. She's, like, yeah. over there bribing people and, like, being told that basically she's not a player, which I think is, like, you know, it stings her pride a little bit, and that makes sense, too. Yeah. But yeah. she's just she's just not even on the same level. And it's really sad to see her bargaining for, like, here's this gate stone. Like, yeah. here's this here's this cornerstone. It's like, come on, girl. Mm-hmm. Power of friendship. Right. Yeah, I think, like, when Galen uses his, like, house token to go through a gate, that's, like, the first time we ever see someone use an actual gate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Javon, and, like, I get it. Sula sucks. She does. She's fucking mm-hmm. terrible. But, like, Javon's personal quest for revenge is just so small in the grand scheme of everything that's happening right now. Yeah. I have to say, these Javon post-Talia breakup catch-up chapters to the the Galen trio, they're kind of boring. I'm sorry, they are. They're, they're a little it's boring. It's mostly her going places and talking to people and, like... It's very fetch questy. Like, yeah, her meeting yeah. with Garizia now seems oh, yeah. pointless. I don't know. So, Javon now in the lighthouse, acted like with like acting as like mother hen to the breaking down Kalindra and also like helping like what she says to Shaloran and her interactions with. Talia are so much better than her actual point of view mm-hmm. moments, yeah. her point of view flashbacks. At this point, they get far more interesting later on. But right now, this like chasing after Galen's group is just and they're relatively short, so it's not like mm-hmm. that big of a deal. I just find them a little boring. They're very like one note, like. Javon Angie, Javon finds Shaloran. <laughs> I think there's a certain amount of time and plot wrangling that Jen Lyons is having to do here to get her pieces in order. Mm-hmm. And and Javon has to have the conversation with Relos Var where we find out that whoever touches Grimward dies immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. to get that piece of information because we know that the the, the what do you call them the sub trio secondary trio secondary secondary trio <laughs> I'm going to get it it's like oh fuck yeah um, so yeah J- Javon is a little bit of a, a a camera right now maybe I would say maybe there's also like little bits of exposition that we get in her chapters mm-hmm. like the yeah. last time it was the gossip about oh did Galen really kill the sister like we get the idea of, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Javon is, is where we find out that Tyenso has executed all the High Lords. <laughs> well, that's where yeah. the group finds out that they executed all the High Lords. We found that out last book from Thurvishar when he... Oh, right! Because he goes to get Kieran clothes, because they're in the right. cold area, and Kieran's like, why did that take so long? And Thurvishar is like, well, it turns out I'm High Lord now because all the other High Lords are dead. Yeah. And I think both times 
we get this information, Senere has a note of like, this rules. <laughs> yeah, what's like, that? Oh, that was so great. Yes, uh, the footnote here is uh, Tianzo is truly living up to my every expectation. That's <laughs> great. Yes, and we won't get the the details of that execution until next book. Um, but yeah. It, yeah, the fact and we we forgot to note it uh, in the last episode. But Garissi at the end of her conversation with Joan is like, "I'm going to a party with the emperor." <laughs> yeah, well, the well placed hints if you're delightful. looking for them are yeah, yeah. It's wild because I remember like getting the details of of the execution in book five and being like, damn, Tyenzo. But no, it's been fully, fully telegraphed and, and known all the way back since book three because Jen Lyons is a monster and I love her. <laughs> and also, well, it's just, there's a it lot of information to retain. There's a lot yeah. of events that happen between when we find that out in Memory of Souls and when we find it out again here that, yeah. like, I think both times... I read both those books. I like forgot about it, and was remi- like I forgot about it. Mentioned in book three, and then mm-hmm. was reminded in book four, and then repeatedly did that. And then it's only now, as we record these episodes, and I'm like, oh wait, that was mentioned in book three already. But yeah, they 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 do a good job also of reminding you so that. It's not totally out of left field, but it's definitely still shocking. Because we just still don't know how, why, who exactly. Yeah. Because in these in the chapters where Shaloran hears about that, she gets really, really concerned yeah. for her parents. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, yeah, this wizard, even though she's empress, like, or emperor, she didn't, she didn't kill a bunch of god kings. Like, yeah, it's not that easy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Senere kind of mentions, she's like, there's more than just your parents, like, who are god kings hiding in the royal houses, which is like, yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. But um, from the Rainbow Lake chapter to back to the lighthouse, when we get the Shaloran Cone sit down, there's, a, I always, you know, like this part because of what Shaloran says to Cone, but the the plot part that I've always like neglected is that you know when Cone is sleeping and then he has a dream about Valkaroth in the hallway and then has this sit down with Shaloran it's it's hard to notice it but this where before Shaloran speaks to Cone we're moments away from Cone reaching that despair point that Valkaroth can take him to. Dilla, just like mm-hmm. he took uh, Galen. And even after, like, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more, but just for right now, after they have their little talk and Shaloran is telling Cone all the people that love him and he's like breaking down there's like a little line about Cone could almost hear the like uh, growl of disappointment from Valkaroth and I think like mm, yeah. if not for Shaloran Cone would probably be in the same situation as 
yeah. Galen, Terrace, Janelle, Thurvishar. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, like, he, like, feel, like, he can, yeah, he, yeah, the, the, like, darkness literally descends on him. Suck it, Balkarath. Sh- Mommy Shaloran is here. <laughs> yeah, Senare didn't mean to take Shaloran, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Happy so, accident. Total good accident, because like she's the only therapist in this crow club. <laughs> really, <She's> really <laughs> easily the most well adjusted person here. Oh like, yeah. By far and away. Talia's probably number two, but Talia has also had a lot of trauma. She's adjusted mm-hmm. to that trauma reasonably well, but Shalorin is like had a happy childhood with loving, supportive parents. She was given everything she ever needed. She has a good relationship with her husband. Like, I mean, she technically yeah. did get killed by Cariel. She did. And... She did get murdered a bit. Oh, there's and some there... good retconning around that. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you had said about, like, retconning Shalorn a little bit. Cause, and I think Jen Lyons did say, like, she didn't intend Shalorn to be in this book. Or she didn't mm-hmm. intend Shalorn to be a character, really. Um. But yeah, what was it? I think there was the, the sister thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, last there's time. There's a and note Senere this... has where yeah. she said, where she remarks about her um, problems with uh, Thurvishar's account of the Ruin of Kings and mm-hmm. now mentions specifically the Shaloran parts because Shaloran with her magic should have been able to at least try to fight off Cariel considering she she mentions that Shalorn probably has magic training better than the Academy based on who her mom is and now is like now I'm thinking even like everyone else involved in the story would have been fine but if you had mentioned Shalorn defending herself with magic and then brought back she would have been killed again as a witch and so now it's like, oh, you left that out on purpose. And we mm-hmm. you'd be like, probably, probably not. Sure, like, <laughs> sure. In, in, yeah, in okay. The, in the meta, probably not. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, like, retcon, retcons aren't inherently bad. No, no. And it works, yeah. it's all within yeah. character. It's, you know, always fun to watch Senere dunk on Thurbishar for not being, for being emotional and not being accurate. And, so it all works. Yeah. And footnotes are a great way to do retcons. Yeah. Because it doesn't, like, yeah. halt the story. Yeah. yeah. Or even yeah. even little things that, like, you don't have time to show, like, on screen. Like how Orthanriel is in the vault. Like, the Emperor's vault. With mm-hmm. all of the, the treasure and the grails and stuff. And there's just a footnote, and it's like, oh, you gave it to Tyenzo for safekeeping. That makes sense. That's funny. Now it's where Darzan always thought it was. Or where Gadrith always thought it was. Like, all makes sense based on everybody's individual character motivations. Um, but it, it is a great way to just explain why it's there, rather than having to, like, show it on screen or have the characters, like, muse about it on screen. Yeah, it makes it makes it a lot easier. And I hear what you're saying about the Siobhan chapters. Like, I wonder if some of that could be, could be or could have been footnoted. But honestly, I was not bothered by them. But yeah, 
it does it does make this already massive story a little bit easier to tell. True. Yeah, totally. So, speaking of and speaking uh, of the vaults, we get Talia like sauntering her way in. I love her. Is like I love the um, the kind of Rube Goldberg machine that is her life. <laughs> yes, She's yes. like grab this thing, go with this thing. It's all fine. Domino falls. Uh, so she ends up exactly where she's not supposed to be and she's like can I take any of this treasure and her mind goddess is like no don't touch it and she's like cool yeah (laughs) she say it's like it's so cursed and it would kill it would like kill you twice yeah which is like why is that there you know it's very like why do we even have this lever moment (laughs) like it's just like nobody I mean presumably the emperor has the magical ability to take care of all that or to deal with that. Maybe it's like the Federal Reserve. Maybe it's yeah, like, well, guess, just in yeah. case we need like bullion or coal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just enjoy that like every other fairy tale is like, buddy touched it. And this one is Talia's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Finally. She's yeah. Talia's great. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, she even does, like, she does touch Arthanriel and she's like, nope, nope, not doing that again. <laughs> I do love about uh, Godslayer that um, whoever has it or whoever wields it, it changes form. Like, in appearance wise, now because the Emperor Tienso has touched it and put it with all this treasure. It has become this gaudy gold and gemmed inlaid sword when it was like black with Siobhan and it was like pure, almost like like a pure silver with Kieran. And I do wonder like what it's many, like what, when Relisvar holds it, what does it look like? I want to know what it, like it's almost like a mood ring. (laughs) Yes! <laughs> it's a BuzzFeed quiz. It's <laughs> Which talking sword yeah. does your personality It's weird because, like, Daniel does seem to have a sort of semi-sentience. Mm. Like, it, it, it gets mad at stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it quote-unquote, like, knew to disguise itself as, like, a rusty sword in the arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's a little piece of Sarah God soul, inside of it. So, yeah. yeah. I do wonder if, like, if Thurbishar holds it, does it become, like, a bookmark? I guess. <laughs> you know what? Oh. He- is is Earthanreal kind of like the Grails? Where there's, like, you know, the mind in there to a certain degree? I wonder. I think uh... the Grails let people reform, but... Volkaroth is already formed. I feel like that's a. So yeah. I think it's probably different. I feel yeah. like this is a Discord of Gods discussion because I do think mm. that sort of gets answered. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll get to that next book. But yeah, so the Grail that Talia didn't know she was looking for isn't there, so she has to keep looking. And Talia, having no other plans, is like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's like, I wasn't. I didn't have anything else on the docket for the day so i already gambled enough yeah right? <laughs> yeah she finds a coin on the street and then like 
gambles it up and like you know always does well enough to like okay it's time to leave like yeah and then she luckily runs into Merritt again oh yeah hey about that hey it's very fun having these kinds of things with the tongue in cheek sort of like we know this is lucky the whole point is that it's lucky the magic is luck and then just happens to talk to Cone who's using world heart Hey, buddy. Yeah, it, it adds a nice levity to these chapters, which, like, otherwise are quite dark. Um, you know, or unnecessarily, heavy, because mm-hmm. Volkaroth is, you know, pulling people into his sad brain space. Um, and we lose we lose both Gallon and uh, Talon in these mm-hmm. episodes. Or episodes, just chapters. Yeah, so, uh, before... The- in the interstitials when we were reading, Steph asked us if we had more theories about Talon, so I want to hear people's theories based on this. Okay. Aside. Okay, so this, yeah, so the scene where it's like Talon's mental prison, where everything's like a fish thing, like it's an underwater thing, um, and it did kind of get explained a little bit later, like, oh, that was like a melding of Talon's memories and like Kieran's, which includes Sarek's memories, because mm-hmm. Sarek led a war against the Daughters of Laka when they arrived on the planet, which is one of our first really big hints that the Daughters of Laka... And then somebody even mentions, like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, what, Laka wasn't a god king? You're like, no, no, no. Laka wasn't human, which is... That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's our, like, one of our first hints to, like, oh, the Daughters of Laka, uh, like, came with the planet. Like, they're native to the planet. I do find it interesting, though, that Valcroft slash Sarek is trying to, like, talk about how bad Kieran's friends are when it's clear that Sarek probably participated in a genocide event. (laughs) Yeah! 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 Like, pick your angles, bud, I guess. I don't know, maybe Valcroft doesn't know that Kieran remembers his past life? My theory would be that Volkaroth is already comfortable with the things that he hates about himself and he's trying to prove that nobody is good. That's probably that, the like, correct there answer. Is no, yeah. Re- yeah. There's no redemption through friendship, right? Like, Senere is just going to burn in hell and so is everybody else. That makes a ton of sense because um, you know, the, there's the chapter we get later on where uh, you know, Janelle takes on the stone lions while Kieran and Teresa trying to save Talon. And it turns out it was a trap. And mm-hmm. in that moment, Valcroft doesn't talk to Kieran about Teresa. Valcroft talks to Teresa about Kieran saying, why do you like, why do you want to, why do you want to save him? What, like, there's no hope. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I do. What I love about that moment is it's so serious with uh, with Valkaroth setting this trap, but just the way that, like, Valkaroth grabs Kieran's leg and Kieran immediately goes, fuck! Like, <laughs> it seems like such a, like, a, like a, a moment of, uh, you'd see in, like, sort of like a, a comedic horror movie rather than, like, <laughs> the really dark moment that it, it is where yeah. it's, it's more yeah. like the um is speaking from the audiobook the way the the narrator delivers it is not like 
like a scared fuck. It's more like fuck. I can't believe I fell for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wait, whose whose house is the lion? Is it anybody's? Is it Janelle's? We're not really. No, I think it's Kieran. I think Kieran is the lion. Yeah. Because I thought he was the hawk. Because of that's the oh. house thing. Oh, you're right. Oh, maybe it's Milligrees. I think and that's it might why be. Janelle is the lion. I was just wondering why there were stone lions because it's also it's a it's a tongue twister in Chinese because there's like it just you, you just have different tones but it it just sounds like a susurrus if you are like me and you can't pronounce the tones very well. Forty four dead stone lions is just like a funny. Like like, a it's, it's a joke. It's a tongue twister you know, kind of thing. Yeah, she sells seashells by the seashore, but in Mandarin. The whole moment totally with the FYI. house is very strange because it's like, I wonder who this Von A person was. Yeah, they seem like scared, not at yeah. all talony. They're like waiting for someone named Demira. And even Senerai yeah. has a footnote of, like, I wish I had time to figure out who this is. But yeah, like, yeah. it's from before the Stone of Shat- or the before the name of all things existed. Like, what do you, your magic Google rock doesn't work for that, so. <laughs> and we know they're, like, a much older person because they still have an apostrophe in their name. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Apostrophes. So 12 millennia ago. Yeah. We, we do get answers to almost everything in these books, honestly. And that mm-hmm. is one of those things where I'm like, no, we'll never know the answer. Like, there's <laughs> just, like, not time or the requirement, really, mm-hmm. for anybody to dig further into this, but I'm like, I want to know the mystery. I also kind of want to start referring to smartphones as names, of all things. <laughs> Good little Google rocks. Yeah. I want to go back and talk about the the like the Shalorn Cone stuff some more because sure like her whole thing about like she has like a whole speech about and it takes up multiple pages about Cone not wanting to like give up this part of his life because it'll like. He wants to be assured that he didn't, like, waste his life on, um, you know, the Vashai religion. And he doesn't want to give up this, like, father figure that he's had for so long. But, like, it, like deep down, he, he already has, just because of the trauma that Ga- Relisvar gauging him has done to him. And that, like, breaking down... And the first thing he immediately says is, like, he gauged me. And he's, like, stuttering it. So sad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He can't even get it out, I think. He just, like... Yeah. He's just, like, he... 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 He's like, baby! <sighs> and, like... Yeah. It starts with that. And then we get the... We find out about the... The nobles all getting killed by the emperor. And we have this moment where Shaloran uh, went from helping Cone to she's now starting to break down. And uh, Kalindra is lashing out 
while Javon is trying to help uh, Shaloran and Javon is explaining, you know, like, sometimes our parents, you know, do certain things or lie about certain things and can, like, it's saying, like, oh, your mother might have not done anything for so many years, but now that she has you and see you growing up in core, maybe now that's why things are starting to change. And it's really hard for me to... There's me thinking about these characters as people and me thinking about these characters as characters and me thinking about these characters are, as characters. It's really hard for me to like Kalindra in these moments in her latching <laughs> out where it's like, you're attacking my little cinnamon rolls and uh, I, I don't like you in these moments. Like, knowing that, you know, this is a fictional character yeah. and I don't have to mm -hmm. like them. But thinking of, like, having empathy for who these characters are. Kalindra is clearly going through something. And and we get the, this perspective from Senere seeing Shaloran, Kalindra, and Javon going through it. And immediately after Javon comforts uh, Shaloran... You know, we get the Talia chapters talking about the Heralds of Death. And from Senere's perspective, we're seeing... Um, and I think it also is Siobhan's point of view also. We're seeing the reality is that Kalindra doesn't have a problem with any of these other people. Or her problems aren't who's the real, who's the real bad guy, demons, relics for... It's the fact that it's the loss of Thane. Basically, here's a good way of putting it. Kalindra is going through it with Thane, while Cone was going through it with Relosfar. Yeah. Because yeah. we get that moment where Cone breaks down in Shaloran's arms. And then just, like, a, it's like a chapter or so later, after Kalindra is done lashing out, at Talia and Senere and Shaloran, she finally says the thing where about Thane, and then rather than anybody saying anything, Javon just goes over to her and like hugs her, and then Kalindra immediately breaks down like crying. Where it's it's like she doesn't have it makes it seem like, and it's the parts where I don't like her where. She, where she's like lashing out at Talia, and Talia, Talia has like a, a like an inner thought of like, why are you like this, Kalindra? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, we finally see Kalindra break down because of the, you know, loss of her faith, because both her god is dead, and Kalindra knows the truth of what Dane has done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting sort of overarching theme in the books, really, this idea that, like, what do you do when you're... So Galen's hero failed him, right? Like, mm -hmm. his hero was um, his brother and his older brother, you know, this figure you can put a lot of faith in and, like, how much worse to lose 
your god, who is, like, your hero and also your savior and also your, like, midnight confessor, like, all these roles that you put on these entities who are actually just people. Like, every god is actually just a person, and Relisvar is just a person. And, like, deification ruined so much for these people. Um, and, like, this book, it seems to be, like, learning to rely on equals. And, like, Janelle is obviously more powerful than Kalindra. They're not actually equals, but they're equivalents rather than, like, like nobody's worshipping anybody. So, yeah, Josh, I, th- I think that's a really good point that, like, all these equivalencies are, like, building to the fact that everybody in the room kind of lost faith. Yeah. Yeah, like, Kalindra... Kalindra talking about... Um... Callus, talking about her being the... Like, don't expect me to have any, like... Uh... Or be happy if she survived or not. She's the god mm-hmm. queen of horrors. Really, like, when I read that, really bothered me. Just knowing... Yeah, it was unnecessary. It, like, yeah, we we know that what Calendra has had to do for Thane. First of all, there's nothing wrong with sex workers. Sex workers are workers. But besides that point, Calendra has done things similar mm-hmm. like what a, a a sex worker does for Thane. Right, so for her exactly. to have this that like like I understand that the perception of what Callus represented has in core set women back but like it's not actually that Callus set women back it's that men's perception of Callus and core have set women back like, Callus is blamed for why women were not allowed to do magic. And for Kalindra to blame Callus for that and not Kor in this moment, really, it was like, I don't like you. But, like, yeah, ob- yeah. obviously, this is a projection, and it's not really what Kalindra feels. And Senere calls her out on it, like, explaining what callus has done to survive and like says something along the lines of like given the things you've done for survival you can't talk and this comes the moment like this is after we find out that all the eight immortals have put their their what what are the devices called their little like objects of the gra- or, the grails. Oh yeah, the grails. Grails. Are they all grails? Yeah. yeah, they're all grails. Yeah, even okay, though yeah. only one of them's a cup. Just really, we- yeah. grails and angels are the two words in these books, and I'm like, could you have picked something else? Yeah, but I always think of it as like we're getting a filter of the manuscript from their world to our world, sort of, and like sure, yeah. Uh. You can try to save it, Josh, and I appreciate your efforts. I just think it should have been different words. I get it. 
extremely minor gripes with the series exactly. overall. But like I a person who has a podcast about these books. <laughs> anyway, but the we just find out that Thane was the only one not to put their cup there. Mm-hmm. And uh Eshi tries to explain it away of like, oh, Thane didn't like how slow the process was. And so, like, as she tries to be like, try to come up with an excuse to why Thane wouldn't have put it there. But the real reason is that uh, Kamezra didn't want anyone else to be Thane but her. Like, that was the whole thing we learned in Memory of Souls. It's not, like, the whole, like, ritual of night. Thane wasn't doing that to save the world. She was doing that to save herself. And not save her, mm-hmm. and not save herself as in, like save her humanity, save her immortality. And the mm-hmm. reason why the the reason why the cup isn't there is for the same reasons. Thane, the idea of someone else being Thane, in Kamezra's mind is a, is a big no no. She she's the only one that gets to be Thane. And I like that explanation. Yeah, and then I think that's like. Really true. Immediately after is when we get these Kalindra moments where, and you know, you find out your god is dead right after you're going through a crisis of why isn't your god bringing back Jareth. And then on top of that, you're finding out, well, your god is also kind of a shithead. <laughs> Which is like... And you're finding out that that the person with the most resonance with your god is actually the one of the few creatures your god loathed. Yeah. Like it's gotta suck to be an angel and to not even be in the running to be the next Thane and to have and, something that you were supposed to hunt down and destroy. And that that person's being really nice to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> because she understands hugs. what you've gone through. I was calling you on your shit in a compassionate way. Yeah, it's yeah. just sucks. Yeah, and on that level I feel for Kalindra, but on the like meta, I'm reading a book level. Mm. Kalindra yeah. has come in from not being in these books since book one and being mean to all my favorite characters. Yeah, and so in that <laughs> regard, it makes it hard to like her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're allowed to not like her. Like she's she's a, like Darson's yeah. a good character, even though he's a terrible piece of shit. Yeah. This is one of those things too, where like. I guess I guess I didn't know this going in, but I felt confident that Jen Lyons would write a good arc for Kalindra. And so mm-hmm. as much as she was like pissing me off, I even even the first time through, like and I there I had a faith that like, okay, she's in a low spot, we're gonna come back up. She she was awesome before, she'll be awesome again. But yeah, she's been a real bitch. And then we get the mind, the mindscape, which is very funny Ooh. that Thurvishar comes back and calls it the mindscape, and everyone's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that that's the word I came up with for Rels, <laughs> uh, for Valkorov's prison." But meanwhile, in the mindscape, after failing to save Talon, uh, 
we need a we need a big distraction in order to let <laughs> service shark out. Uh-huh. What are we gonna uh-huh. do? And like oh, they're having now. this they're having this discussion still where Janelle and Teraith are still holding a grudge against Talon for what she did to Kieran's body and like blah 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 anyway Teraith yeah. gives Kieran a blowjob to distract <laughs> his first blowjob it's so exciting for him <laughs> well from a dude god I laughed so hard when he was like wait do we have to do the razor saddle thing <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's like I want to be curious, <laughs> and then Janelle was also laughing. Yeah, it was a good time. And it's all set yeah, up by Janelle, who wants to watch. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a, it was, it was, a, it was a sexy, sexy. It was good. It was, it was nice to see the thruple actually getting to do their thing together, to, and by their to thing, thruple. I guess I mean each other. And Janelle's like making yeah. out with Karen. And then stops and says, you're ours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that was sweet. That was like, I mean, like in in an aggressive way, which is what you can expect. Yeah. No, it was sweet, but it was also like Mm -hmm. a a very sexually like aggressive in a good way moment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the plan was very successful, I would say. Yeah. Well, Pearl got real mad that anyone was happy. Yeah. Yeah. This is a a horny free zone. Uh, (laughs) And then then they figure out, they're like, okay, Volcara, or Talon's probably being held in some sort of prison, but Volcara doesn't know what a prison is, so he's just like fake imagining one, because like Kieran, he's also bad at imagining things, (laughs) apparently. Yeah, Kieran's internal... uh, processes are equivalent so they kind of reverse engineer it to go <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the gray zone yes. which this looks like we're going there next yeah don't yeah. have a lot to say about that yeah uh oh uh Javon's also getting horny for the first time like ever yeah or at least since she's been dead so that's exciting uh, and hungry and she slightly yeah. ruins it well i guess Talia brings it up, but Javon that ruins it, because they bring up um, Javon swears an oath to Rella's oh, father right. that yeah. if Javon uh, if Rella's father helps Javon get to Shaloran, she'll swear an oath of loyalty to Rella's father and like I'm sorry, but Talia's right, like <laughs> It, who, yeah. who fucking cares? Like, who fucking ooh, cares? You, you made a promise. Ooh, your honor. <laughs> like, calm down, Rob Stark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you eat yeah. people's souls. Like, this will date the podcast, but uh, uh, Trump has been indicted. Oh, so good. It's been yeah. a great week. Pat Robertson died. Ted Kaczynski died. Trump got indicted for treason. I saw, I don't, one of Cheney's daughters or daughter, I don't know how many kids he has or had, yeah. um, was saying he's like... He's still alive. How fucked is that? I think he's still alive. I think he's still alive. Yeah. It's like him and Kissinger just fucking what? war crimes for life, bros. And one of his daughters were talking about like, 
Republicans have no honor if they, like, stay loyal to Trump. And just, like, me rolling my eyes, like, they don't, they don't care about honor. Yeah. Right, and yeah. It's the same situation. Uh, it's relevant because it's the same situation here. Yeah. Which, of oh, I made a promise to Rellos Far, the guy that betrays everybody Everyone. all the time. <laughs> Wants to murder, like, the planet. If, it, if need be, we'll murder the planet. Yeah, and that also comes up here, too. And it's a great point where we finally, where Thurvishar finally, it's the last, like, bit of loyalty Cohen has to Rellos Far, where, like, you know, he's done all these terrible things to Cone, but in Cone's mind, maybe he's doing the right thing. Where Thurvishar finally breaks it down, like, no, you don't understand. And Relisfar's win ratio is so big that he could sacrifice 99% of the population, and that 1% that's left is, you know, a win it's fine for him. Yeah. It's, yeah, the collateral damage is, like, not a thing for him. Yeah, so Siobhan to be like, yeah. I made a promise. Was, to me, like, I rolled my Ever. eyes so yeah. hard when I read that, and I was like, yeah. give me a break, Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, ga- you gave uh, Ethanriel to Kieran. Like... I think it's... I think it's... Silly. I agree with you totally. But I think it's also Siobhan is has spent this entire book becoming like her nemesis. And the one thing yeah. that Sulis always does that Siobhan never wants to do is mm. is backstab. Because that's like Sulis is literally the god king of betrayal. That's a good point. And so like to admit that and to have to like step into the shoes of your most hated enemy is hard. And like I I can see it. And I like, I also think that the cajoling is like in itself very funny. And like, I, it just like, it's so like, well, if you make a promise, someone mm. doesn't keep promises. It's like, if the teacher doesn't show up 15 minutes, like, within 15 minutes, you get to leave. Nah, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very, like, okay. I understand the moral reasoning here, but, like, it's so flimsy and so, like, come on, man, just be an adult. Like, understand that what you're dealing with is a gray area and that you're going to have to take some loss of honor, a made-up thing that you made up yeah. Yeah. in Makeupville. Mm-hmm. Like, if Relisvar comes to you and he's like, Javon, I'm really disappointed in you for breaking your <laughs> promise. Like, what the fuck do you care? He's, right. the, he's like the only one you would have to answer to here, and you don't like him. Right. I do. There is a way to like use honor in stories like these that is good, yeah. mm-hmm. but this isn't like one of those. No, this is not it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so I, I understand her psychological reluctance, but her yeah. moral reluctance is silly. <laughs> her moral yeah. reluctance after she has betrayed her lover, betrayed all the women she swore to protect, like, just destroyed her country, given up on it, and carved a swath through, like, unthinking populations of people who probably didn't deserve to get eaten. Like, I don't know, man. T- yeah. Pick one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and like even Senere is like, yeah, Relsfire's not gonna hold a grudge if you don't honor the. the yeah, honestly. Like, in case you were worried about someone holding a grudge against yeah. you, it won't be him. No, <laughs> like right. all the families, he'll kill you, you if ate. it's convenient, like if it's on his schedule. But he's not gonna right. seek you out. Yeah, he just had you yeah, like just... he just had you made that promise, so you'll do the thing that that he and Relisvar probably sees it the same way. Sheena just explained it, where he knows he knows uh uh Javon's situation with Sulis, and was like, "Well, this is a way I can manipulate her." Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Relos Far, another good character who I hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never not manipulating. Oh, with these chapters, mm-hmm. we also got um, Shalorn and Senere, because that's how they got uh, Thervishar out. Oh, yes! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, had Senere's yeah. backstory. Yeah, because, like, Shalorn... A little bit, yeah. Shalorn's mm-hmm. like, I heard this story from my mom <laughs> about a slave <laughs> that that killed a, a nobleman with a, you know, a high-level spell. And we get a little taste that Senere can do uh, spell stealing. Mm. Yeah, her, her witch gift is being a spell thief. Her witch gift is, is being rogue from X-Men. I mean, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, this is, this again, like, Shalorn being, like, a well-adjusted mom, where she's like, if you if you think we're out of teletasks, well, I think you're just lying to yourself, and <laughs> you really need to step up and help the team. Yeah. I know this goes against everything that you think and feel, but we really need you to score that last goal. There's a lot For of little Thervishar. moments like that with Cinere. Where, like, Senere is saying something, and Talia is like, oh, it's because you like us. Yes. And then is immediately, <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Senere is immediately like, shut up. <laughs> or, like, she was, like, she secretly went back for seconds of Combs. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because he made her favorite. It was so cute. And then the footnote is like, he's just a good cook. <laughs> yeah. Like, or girl, why are you lying? Senere is continuing to deny that she likes these people. Great, or just their cooking, huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we we like kind of figure out like okay, you know why Senere is so ferocious or was I guess I should say so ferociously loyal to Relosvar. There's a lot of people yeah. actually confronting their like connections to Relosvar in these chapters. That's a great. That's a great point because I forgot about that because that immediately happens after the Shalorn Senere yeah. moment where Senere is me like saying over and over again as Shalorn is revealing this backstory that her mom told her Senere saying I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it and then immediately talks about it to the <laughs> whole group like it's like oh I was going to get killed uh, they were going to execute yeah. me and as far as saved my life and uh, uh, listeners, take note, if you haven't read ahead, how Thervishar remains very quiet in this moment. Because this will come up again, this Relisvar saving Senere moment. 
she she even makes a comment to him where she's like, if he did it for you, you would have been loyal to him as well. And he- Which I think is absolutely true, but also Senere immediately throws herself into serving the bigger picture. And she says in these chapters that she didn't realize that Relos Var wasn't doing the same thing, that actually he would protect his family and protect his own interests and protect himself. Like, he wasn't on the chopping block. Right. Literally. But I think it's interesting that, like, Relos Var showed up to save her because she was powerful. Not because she was Senere. He doesn't care about her. He cares about her abilities. And, yeah. like, if he really cared about saving people, he would have helped bring Kor down. Yeah, all the slaves. Not just all the, the ones with very powerful magic abilities. Right. Right, and his, like, his sales pitch is that what he's doing with the Eight Immortals and the Nithral Wound will also fix the stuff that Senere cares about while leaving out the part where it's like, but also I will be, I'll be the only, Mm -hmm. I'll be the only guardian left. Right. Or, like, it's... It's really easy to tell someone, like, there'll be no difference between, like, high lords and slaves anymore because the the asterisk there is that they're all dead. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, there won't be any slaves anymore because everyone will be a slave to yeah. me, Relisvar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Relisvar is great, guys. There's nothing so wrong. Great. He's right. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with him. You're right. He's unproblematic. Imagine we just changed our minds and just were like, well, this, these books were written wrong because I think Rallis the Rallis was right. apology episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all. Was that it? Yeah. Sure, these were good notes. chapters. We got a lot of movement in these chapters. A like lot. things are ripping along at this point. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't, I, think. I don't have anything else. How does, well, how does 36 end? So we didn't talk a ton about uh, Talia meeting Merit, um, which is which is a good scene. She definitely, she like meekly goes along with him until she's like, what do you know about my sister? And beats him up immediately. Oh! <laughs> which is charming. Is this um, when but yeah. Talia goes into the room where that... Yeah. Where her sister was killed, yeah. yeah. And that 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 guard used <laughs> just a random character that reappeared from the first book. The like uh bouncer character. Yeah. Oh what is good from that ch- that scene is the and it's it's horrible, but it's a good explanation of when your master dies, when you're a slave in core, you stay where that, you know, that person's location or place, like, real mm-hmm. estate that they owned. Because if your master dies and you leave and they catch you, that's considered still running away. They, right. And it's horrible, but it's a good, like little exposition moment of why you know Merritt was still there 
and the bodyguard was still there. And it, it you know, it further paints a picture of, like, wow, Core is the worst place ever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that sets Tilia on her way to meet up with everyone who's Yay. trying to find the Lash. Yay! The Lash, someone that Rillisbar refers to casually as he, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some pirate. Which yeah. is, is technically true. I mean, fair. And it, I like that he makes like a bit of a, like a Dread Pirate Roberts kind of uh, reference to it. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's been a few lashes by now. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think he, even he doesn't know. I think we had that information already, that the lash is actually a giant undead kraken. But yeah. Steph, what are you reading? I finished Some Desperate Glory. Woo! Yeah, she so I'm still reading Empire of Exiles, and I'll probably start something else this week. Don't know what yet. But... Such is the life of a book reviewer. Indeed. Glamorous, but a heavy toll. <laughs> yeah, what about uh, you, Christina? Um, I just finished The Deep Sky by Yume Katase, um, which is a really, really good, like, whodunit murder mystery with, like, a time limit, uh, because it's set in space and they're, like, knocked off course and they have to get back on who did it and, like, who's killing all these- it's- it's very tense, um, it's got a good, like, emotional backstory. A lot of, like, pandemic stuff comes up. Because, like, oh. the main character's really into bird watching And, like, <laughs> everyone's stuck in their own little worlds. And they're isolated. And everything is going wrong. And her mother's, like, into conspiracy theories. And I'm like, you had a rough time of it. Just like us. So, but, it, but it's yep. good. I like it. Fair. Josh, what you reading? Uh, I'm focused on The Archive Undying by... Ooh, Emma yeah. Miko Kandon. Uh, last episode, I said it was probably going to be this year's, like, Gideon the Ninth. And it still has a lot. It's not as funny as Gideon the Ninth, but it still has a lot of the same vibes of, like, there's stuff you think is going on, but there's also something else going on. And it's very, like, sci fi ish. With very, like, AI gods and, um, there's like a, sort of like a Groundhog Day situation going on. And, uh, it's it's very good. I don't have any complaints. Uh, I'm not that far into it yet, but I, I, I'm hooked. Nice. Well, on your recommendation, I've already got it queued up, so... Yeah. Well, Josh, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter and uh, Twitch and Street Fighter 6, four or five wits. Um, What about you, Steph? You can find me on all the places where internet is sold at Steph O'Kingston. And you can find me on, let's switch this to Instagram. Twitter is is dead. Uh, Yeah, Twitter's a lot. Uh, at Christina M. Ladd, or you can find all of us reviewing books uh, on geeklink.com. Hell yeah. 
This episode is over, as was foretold. (laughs) Books. 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 Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. You can now find us on Blue Sky at No Page Unturned. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and our cover art is by Mangoyu Art. 